Hello again, and welcome to the second episode of Token Up, where we analyze the emerging security token ecosystem without the bullshit. I'm joined today by my co-host, Alex Molay. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us again today. Today, we're going to discuss a topic that's been generating a lot of interest, security token exchanges. You may have seen Alex's recent Medium blog post on the topic. For those who haven't yet, please give it a read. We're proud to share that it got featured on the week in Ethereum newsletter and was one of the most clicked articles of that week. So Alex, what's the story here? Yeah, so I think the biggest story in my mind is liquidity or a lack of it rather. Um, we're seeing a ton of new security token exchanges start to pop up um, globally, particularly in the last several months. And when we think about the security token ecosystem more broadly, I think this starts to make a lot of sense. We've seen a number of primary issuers uh, enter the space, um, again, particularly in the last six to 12 months, um, which means that we're going to see a lot of security tokens start to get issued. The piece that's missing from that equation, of course, is the ability to trade all these tokens. So here come the exchanges ready to solve that issue. So what do you mean when you talk about liquidity? It would be helpful to define this term for our listeners at home. Absolutely. It's a great question. Um, liquidity actually can mean a few different things depending on the context. But in this case, liquidity refers to the relative ease and stability with which an asset or a tokenized asset can be bought and sold on the market. Today, there is essentially no liquidity for security tokens because there are very few, if any, regulated security token exchanges that are actually operating and live in the market today. Um, the good news is that we're already seeing, as I mentioned, companies start to tokenize themselves. But again, that doesn't mean that anyone can trade those tokenized shares just yet. Um, and liquidity is often stated as like one of the biggest benefits that security tokens will offer versus traditional securities. And it absolutely will be, but we're not there just yet. Um, the forces are clearly starting to materialize. And we've seen a lot of great progress this year. And that's really what we're going to talk about today. So maybe you should tell me first about some of the exchanges you looked at and why you choose to highlight them. Totally. So um, in my post, I wrote about um, the Gibraltar Stock Exchange, Open Finance Network, T0, Templum, SharesPost, Coinbase, the Australian Securities Exchange or ASX, um, the Six Swiss Exchange, London Stock Exchange and the Malta Stock Exchange. Um, now, the trouble is that there are, of course, many others out there, and I honestly would have loved to write about each and every one of them. But the reality is that there are too many to count, and particularly in the blockchain world, it can sometimes be difficult to discern what's real and what isn't. Um, but in terms of why I chose these exchanges in particular, there were really two main criteria in my mind. I wanted to highlight the security token exchanges that have both demonstrated meaning meaningful progress in getting a product out there, and two that have garnered a good deal of media attention. I also wanted to make sure that the landscape I portrayed was truly global. And this is kind of a bit harder than it sounds because big media is typically so focused on US-based projects that a lot of really great European and sometimes Asian startups can fly under the radar. But the nice thing about this post is that I see it as a living, breathing document. So I intend to add more companies as I come across them, particularly in Europe, because there's really a lot happening here. Um, D-Stock, for instance, is one project that I've been looking at pretty closely recently. Um, they seem to be in stealth mode for quite some time, but I'm hearing about them more and more these days. They're Liechtenstein-based, but they have a license to operate in Vanuatu, which is kind of a funny one. Um, but if you check, it, check out their website, they have a clickable prototype and what seems like a pretty kick-ass team. So if they're able to secure a license for the EU at some point, I think you'll be hearing a lot, a lot more about them. 
And from those exchanges, which one is your favorite, which you're watching right now? I wouldn't say I have a favorite, honestly. I view all of these developments in a really positive light because the rapid emergence of these exchanges represents, in my opinion, um, and I think I've shared this, like one of the most tangible signs that the entire ecosystem is, is really starting to coalesce. But if I had to choose a couple that I'm keeping a close eye on, I'd say it's both Coinbase and T0. Um, and I'll talk about that a little bit. So Coinbase is interesting because they have a ton of money, a ton of users, and ambitious plans. Um, recently, they purchased three separate companies and acquired three licenses, a broker-dealer license, an alternative trading system, or ATS license, and a registered investment advisor, or RIA license. FINRA, the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, um, has recently signed off on this deal already. So it seems like the only thing that's stopping Coinbase from adding security tokens to their platform is the time it takes to develop the tech. Um, and it will be interesting to see how quickly they can do that. T0, I would say, has two of those three qualities that I just mentioned in terms of money, users, and, and ambition. But they also have another one that's not so nice. So they, they definitely have money. Last week, we found out that um, a Chinese private equity firm called GSR Capital invested $270 million in T0, plus another 100, up to another $100 million in Overstock, which is their parent company. And on top of that, an additional $30 million in T0 security tokens after participating in their STO. And so from the way that Patrick Byrne, like the Overstock CEO, talks about T0, you get the sense that this little division within a much, much larger conglomerate is really seen as the future of the entire firm, which is a little scary if you're a longtime Overstock shareholder with absolutely no understanding of blockchain or tokenization. But it's definitely a sign that they're going all in here, which is really cool for people within this space. And having witnessed firsthand what it's like to work for a startup within a much larger corporation. I worry, however, that T0 will succumb to the same bureaucracy, indecision, and, and talent drain that has plagued some other projects operating in this type of structure. So that's kind of like the negative that I see there. So you were just saying that sometimes it's hard to tell what is real and what is not real in the blockchain space. Um, so when will we actually see those exchanges coming into action? Or are some of them maybe already operating? Yeah, I, I, so I think it's a great question, and it's really the biggest variable in this whole discussion. I don't have a crystal ball, so the best data point that I have is what each company publicly discloses as their go-to-market timeline, assuming that they even do that. Those dates tend to shift, though, and usually they go back rather than forward, um, and this is particularly true with projects that are being worked on um, by some of the bigger uh, traditional exchanges, like the London Stock Exchange and Six Swiss. Um, six announced in early July, but I think they said that they probably won't have anything up and running until later next year. Um, contrast that with uh, the Australian Securities Exchange, which has been talking about uh, DLT technology since 2015, I believe, and yet they recently came out and projected that they'll roll out their system by 2020 or 2021. And the London Stock Exchange is going to pilot their initiative this September, um, where they're going to be tokenizing the equity of 2030, which is a UK-based startup. But the LSE has said, however, that they won't go public with this tech until after a one-year lockup period. So, I mean, still, it's really cool to see them moving so quickly here. And I think it should be a wake-up call for some of the other larger exchanges in Europe, like Deutsche Börse and Euronext. 
Um, and there's also some really promising news coming out of both the European and the U.S. startup scene. So Shares Post, which I talk about in my post, it's an online private secondaries uh, market that's been around since 2009. They announced that they were going to roll out their blockchain-based equity token exchange by the end of this year. And Open Finance recently opened up their platform for registration and KYC and claims that trading functionality will be live soon. Um, but of course, the big issue with all these platforms that are targeting the U.S. market is that only accredited investors can trade, at least in today's regulatory environment. And this is because the vast majority of uh, security token offerings that are structured in the United States are structured to be compliant with Reg D. This is the traditional exemptions that VCs have used for years to sort of get around filing their offerings with the SEC. And the price that they pay for that privilege is twofold. One being that VCs can only market these deals to accredited investors. And two, the investors who purchase these, uh, these offerings can't trade it for a minimum of 12 months. So with that said, I, I honestly don't really find the stuff that's happening in the U.S. to be the most exciting because I think until regulatory reform becomes a reality in the United States, and good luck with that, seriously, I think in many ways these companies are kind of just perpetuating the current system. Okay, that's interesting. Um, another question I have regarding um, the creation of ATSs. So we've seen some American blockchain startups trying to get licensed as ATSs, like you already mentioned, for example, Coinbase is trying, or they got a license to become an ATS. One famous example here is Circle buying Poloniex, and probably here the next step will be that they're turning Poloniex into an ATS, and that's the route other exchanges have taken as well. So maybe can you tell us who else is working on the creation of an ATS and what the advantages are here? Certainly. So first, let's define what ATS means. Um, as I mentioned, ATS stands for Alternative Trading System. Essentially, what that means is it's an SEC-approved trading platform that is not regulated as an exchange, but rather as a venue for matching the buy and sell orders of its subscribers, also known as investors. They're actually really important in contrast to the large national exchanges that we, you know, that kind of take up most of the media attention because they account for a lot of the liquidity that we see in publicly traded securities worldwide. Institutional investors like hedge funds, for instance, use them quite often to trade large quantities of shares instead of doing so on a national stock exchange. And the reason they do this is because it allows them to hide their trades from public view since ATS transactions don't appear on national exchange order books. So security token exchanges have taken different approaches to getting their hands on an ATS. Coinbase, as I mentioned before, pulled out its checkbook and bought one. SharesPost has already has one, but they need to renovate it, in, in, for lack of a better term, um, to allow security tokens to be traded on it. And Templum, a New York-based tokenized asset startup, also acquired an ATS through their acquisition of Liquid M Capital in February. So I'm not an expert here, but it seems like most companies have taken the approach that it's easier to buy versus build from scratch. And it's probably because the SEC likes to drag its feet with everything. And so they'd rather avoid having to you know, go through the approval process for that. And with all of those new exchanges suddenly popping up, where do you see the bigger advantage for established crypto exchanges like Coinbase or those like MSX who already have the regulatory umbrella and where those hurdles don't exist? Yeah, so to be honest, I don't view it as a matter of either or, because if you want to be successful in the long term, you need to be operating legally and you need to have enough users to generate network effects. 
So the legal aspect is a huge gray area right now for a lot of companies in this space. Ultimately, it looks as though ICOs and utility tokens are going to be regulated as securities after all, at least in bigger jurisdictions like the United States. So if you're Coinbase, you don't really have a choice. And I think that's why they made those three acquisitions in a hurry, because they were worried that their luck with the SEC was going to run out pretty quickly. And if that were to happen, it simply doesn't matter how many users you have. Your business becomes immediately tainted, and likely irreparably so, and all of a sudden those users are fleeing out the door. Um, so the reason that the MSX, Binance, and, and Neufund deal is, is so important is because it fulfills three major criteria that are needed to operate a successful primary and secondary marketplace. So I'll run through those pretty quickly. Number one, the operation will be facilitated by an existing EU-regulated stock exchange, that being the multi-stock exchange or MSE. Investors can rest assured that this market is fully legal. And this is because Malta has been a trailblazer among governments in the area of DLT regulation, recently passing three separate pieces of legislation that have removed the legal uncertainty around this technology that hampers a lot of jurisdictions um, like the U.S. And number two, the liquidity here is not a myth because Binance's existing strong user base, coupled with the demand for security tokens globally, means that there will be a healthy amount of, of investors ready to place buy and sell orders of the equity tokens that are listed. And number three is that almost any company will be able to structure an equity token offering through Neufund's decentralized end-to-end -end issuance platform. And even better, you don't have to be an accredited investor to use this. And this is because Neufund's equity tokens are structured as Vermögensanlage under German securities regulation. So another topic I would like to jump on now is you've talked about the London Stock Exchange a bit and the big announcement that it would facilitate the tokenization of equity in a fully compliant manner. So do you think we will soon see players like Wall Street and Nasdaq making similar announcements? And where would this leave actually like smaller startups um, who are trying to disrupt this space right now? Yeah, I see it as almost certain that the big players on Wall Street are, are going to join in on the action. And, and with the announcements that we've seen this year, it's clear that blockchain-based securities really are not a fad, but rather a much needed and groundbreaking evolution in financial services, perhaps the biggest one that we've seen in like the last 50 years. Um, and in fact, we're already starting to see this happen. So two weeks ago, we saw ICE or the Intercontinental Exchange, which owns uh, NYSE, they announced the creation of a new company called Backed, and it's a trading platform for digital assets as well as Bitcoin futures contracts. There's no reason in my mind why this platform won't allow the trading of security tokens as well, um, particularly when competition like Coinbase has already publicly stated that this is the direction they're heading. And to be clear, I view this as a good thing. It adds more legitimacy to the space, and it tells the startups that have been at this for years, like Neufun, that they uncovered a really promising opportunity and the giants are starting to take notice. And in terms of whether the giants will crowd out the smaller players, I'm not a buyer of that story. Um, first off, it takes established corporations far longer to roll out a working product than it does a nimble startup. And I think we'll see companies like Neufund tokenizing equity long before the NYSE ever does. And just like we saw robo-advisors from companies like Better and Betterment and Wealthfront long before the big banks, those startups now manage billions of dollars, um, and they're still around, even though the banks have gotten into the robo-space now. Uh, and secondly, this market is simply enormous. Tokenized equity alone is projected to be between a $1 and $10 trillion market by 2020, um, while a liquid real estate currently is estimated in the hundreds of trillions of dollars. Um, so there's really more than enough room here for startups and corporates alike to operate, and I think we're going to see this space proliferate from players big and small. 
All right, so speaking of real estate, in our next episode, we will invite BrickBlock, which is exactly working on this topic, the tokenization of real estate. Um, they're a Berlin-based startup, and actually during Berlin Blockchain Week, we will host together with them a meetup on September the 5th for an Ask Me Anything session about security tokens, where we will bring together experts from startups, from companies, investors, and from the legal space. So if you're interested in that, drop by. And that's it for now from Token Up. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you will join us next time. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Mm-hmm.